Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's, huzzah, a toast to breakfast. And a good Monday morning, that crisis rapidly unfolding in the Middle East. It is war after Hamas launches a shocking and brutal invasion into Israel. It is October 9th. This is today. Striking back. Israeli forces pound Hamas targets in the Gaza Strip overnight after one of the deadliest and most vicious onslaughts ever on Israeli military and civilians. At least 700 killed, including 250 concert goers at a music festival. Women and children abducted at gunpoint. Just ahead, the fingers pointing at Iran this morning. The response that could trigger a wider war. And the U.S. now sending warships and fighter jets to the region. Live reports from Israel and Washington just ahead. Terror. Hundreds of families desperately searching for loved ones taken hostage, including small children. This morning, the frantic efforts to find and free them, including some Americans. And the U.S. congressman caught in the chaos with his family before their frantic escape. He will join us live. High alert, security being ramped up at synagogues across the U.S. Families here waiting for word about loved ones still trapped inside Israel. Hundreds of flights in and out of the region canceled. We will have the very latest. Remembering Michael Chiarello, tributes pouring in for the celebrity chef and former Food Network star. His death being blamed on an allergic reaction. We'll have details and a look back at his life. And Gold Rush. The 49ers blast the Cowboys to remain undefeated. Are they the best team in the NFL? Today, Monday, October 9th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today on this Monday morning. Glad to have you with us. Hoda's got the holiday off. Let's get right to that top story, of course. The very latest developments out of the Middle East. Overnight, Israel launching new missile attacks while soldiers on the ground fight to regain control of several towns near the Gaza border. It comes after an unprecedented invasion by Hamas on Saturday. Fighters pouring over the border into Israel, some paragliding out of the sky to overrun Israeli villages as well as a popular music festival. And the death toll is staggering. At least 700 people killed in Israel. More than 130 Israeli hostages have been taken so far. And in Gaza, nearly 500 people have been killed there. This morning, U.S. officials confirm at least four Americans are among the dead, with that number expected to rise. In the meantime, the U.S. is planning to move Navy ships and military aircraft closer to Israel as a show of support. We have every aspect of the story covered, including why this region is so volatile, the concerns of an even wider war, and that new response from Washington. Let's get started with NBC's Richard Engel. He is inside Israel this morning. Richard, good morning to you. Good morning. We are in the town of Zderot, and this is one of the communities that Hamas militants managed to penetrate. According to witnesses and officials, Hamas fighters came right down this street. They were in pickup trucks, and 
they were had machine guns uh, mounted to the backs of the pickup trucks and they were firing spraying buildings spraying people anything that they could uh, that anyone that they could kill uh, this is not over according to Israeli officials they do believe that they have secured this area so Israeli troops are here but they believe that some Hamas members may have escaped maybe hiding in this town maybe hiding in other towns uh, Hamas fighters to give you an example of what it was like here uh, when when the, the militants entered here uh, they managed to take over that police station and uh, the Israelis collapsed it with a bomb brought the building on top of them and now they are waiting to clear out what they assume are about 10 bodies of the Hamas fighters which they they uh, they also say are booby-trapped so they are going very very slowly uh, all day that uh, the, since the time that we've been here we've been hearing Israeli fighter jets as well uh, flying overhead continuing to bomb the Gaza Strip Israel's payback is underway, with the army carrying out airstrikes across the Gaza Strip this morning, targeting Hamas infrastructure and smuggling tunnels. But Israeli reprisals are, for now, constrained because Hamas is holding dozens of Israeli hostages hidden deep inside Gaza. Israel didn't anticipate Hamas had this capacity, and Israel's intelligence network missed the signs that it was coming. At 6.30 Saturday morning, under the cover of a massive rocket barrage, hundreds of Hamas fighters blasted their way through the fences around Gaza and flew over Israeli defenses in paragliders. Once inside Israel, the militants, showing a high level of training and preparation, went on a killing spree. Israeli media say, in all, more than 700 Israelis are dead, including more than 100 soldiers and police. Many of the dead, nearly 300, were at an all-night dance party near Gaza. In an image that has captured the world's attention, one woman, Noah Argamani, is taken and begs for her life as her boyfriend is held, watching helplessly. In Tel Aviv this morning, Gaia Calderon is searching for her father, sister, little brother, cousin with special needs, and 80-year-old grandmother with dementia. Gaia was on the phone with her mother as Hamas fighters were inside their house near Gaza, pulling at the doors. Then the phone went dead. Gaia has no idea if her relatives are still alive, but did find a video of her 12-year-old brother, Erez. Gunmen call him a settler as they march him off to be a hostage and bargaining chip in Gaza. I'm trying to be strong, but it's so hard. I'm just hoping they are alive because I could I can't deal with something like this. Israeli officials this morning uh, can confirm that there are Americans among the hostage. And Hamas, just a short while ago in a statement, said that Israeli strikes against Gaza killed four of the hostages. Hamas did not give any information about their nationalities or, or, or identities. Savannah, great right. back to you. Richard Engel, thank you very much. We're going to turn now to Jeremy Bash. He was chief of staff at both the Department of Defense and the CIA. Good morning to you. Hey, Savannah. Jeremy, let's talk about Gaza. This is a narrow strip of land. It's very small, controlled by Hamas. Um, this was a multifaceted attack, land, air, sea. It's, a, it's almost unfathomable to believe that Fighters were able to pour over the borders and attack civilian targets. How did this happen? Yeah, the terrorists came in by boat. 
They came in by paraglider. They've done both of those things before, but never before have they been able to blow 15 holes in a fortified border fence and enter Israel on vehicles and go on a killing spree throughout all of those villages and towns there along the Gaza Strip. We can see this is it with the Gaza Strip is for folks who don't know this. It's within Israel. It's this narrow strip of land and there are little towns all around it. And these towns have become somewhat accustomed to rocket attacks. This is unprecedented what we're talking That's about That's right. Here. The people who live in Stay Road or who live in these border towns, they know to go into their bomb shelters, into their safe rooms when they get a red alert siren, when the rockets are flying. Iron Dome usually intercepts those rockets, but never before have they been have, have they had to contend with a ground invasion and military assault from terrorists in their homes, in their community centers, in their villages. And we've seen the slaughter. I mean, 700 people killed at least, but also hundreds of hostages taken at gunpoint. Grandmothers, little kids, toddlers, women, people brought across the border. Is that so that Hamas can use them as a human shield? Because, you know, Israel might otherwise say, OK, we're going to flatten Gaza, but not if there are hostages throughout this area. Yeah, the hostages complicate things so much for the IDF. First of all, they have to worry about them being killed in any barrage of Gaza. But also, it's taken years to negotiate hostage swaps. And for 130 Israeli civilian and soldiers to be there uh, under at gunpoint by Hamas terrorists really complicates this operation for the IDF. The other issue is Iran. Uh, Hamas is a proxy of Iran. We don't know yet how directly Iran was involved, but most analysts, most everyone, and Hamas, in fact, has taken, has, has said some thanks to Iran for its support. So how will Israel respond to Iran, and could that lead to a wider war? Absolutely, Savannah. Iran sponsors Hamas. Iran also sponsors Hezbollah, a terrorist military in the northern part of Israel. If you look at this map up in the north where Lebanon shows and Syria shows, there are Hezbollah encampments there. They have 200,000 rocket artillery and mortar pieces, ballistic missiles aimed at the heart of Israel. If Israel has to go after those Hezbollah elements, it's a wider regional war between Israel and Iran. Yeah, so there's, they're fortifying now not just their southern borders, but the north as well. Jeremy, thank you very much. Craig? All right, Savannah, as we said, the United States military moving more ships and aircraft to that region. President Biden has been speaking with Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. NBC's chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander joins us now from the White House. So, Peter, first of all, what is the latest on, on the U.S. response this morning? Yeah, Craig, as you noted, President Biden and the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, they have now spoken twice, we know of, over the weekend. The U.S. is sending new assets to that region. The USS Gerald Ford Carrier Strike Group is headed toward the eastern Mediterranean that is closer to the Israeli coast, and it includes four guided missile destroyers. This is significant as a show of force, but also as a demonstration of American support. And it leads to a big question, which is whether U.S. forces could become directly involved that strike group is meant to deter Hamas and Iran, but the U.S. right now is not ruling out that they could be used to help Israel in this war. More air power is also on the way. That includes F-35s, the most uh, advanced fighter jet the U.S. has, and so is military equipment, Craig, with more expected to go in the days ahead. All right, so there's the, the military response. So, Peter, all of this, of course, happening uh, without a permanent speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, out. So, what do we know about how that could affect the U.S. response? 
Well, House Republicans, they do hope to elect a speaker this week, but without a permanent one right now, Congress is effectively paralyzed. The temporary speaker, he has very limited powers. And in terms of emergency funding for Israel, the House cannot even bring legislation to the floor. We've pushed the White House on this issue, what impact it could have. And top national security officials here tell us that in the near term, the U.S. is focused on giving Israel everything it needs. But they clearly want to see the situation resolved in the House immediately, so there is no delay for additional aid going forward, Craig. Our Chief White House Correspondent Peter Alexander for us. Peter, thank you. New York Congressman Dan Goldman was visiting Israel with his family over the weekend when those attacks began. He's with us now in the studio. Congressman, good morning. It's good to see you. I'm glad thank your you. family and you are safe and back home. What happened? Where were you when this unfolded and what was your experience with your family? We were in Tel Aviv, uh, where we were supposed to be for the weekend in a hotel, uh, got woken up at 6.30 in the morning by sirens. Uh, we were obviously aware of the reality on the ground in Israel that sirens will go off. You have in Tel Aviv about 90 seconds to get to a shelter. Uh, obviously, if you're further in the south, you have much less time. Um, but I had never heard it before. My kids obviously had no idea what was going on. So we woke up and we sort of scrambled uh, and ran to the stairwell um, on Saturday morning. That happened several more times as rocket fire was coming towards Tel Aviv. It happened again in the evening. Um, so, you know, we, I, I was lucky enough to jump on line and I got a flight out yesterday, but uh, we were supposed to come back today and many, many flights have been canceled. Um, it's, it's just unfathomable. Yeah. What uh, I mean, our experience was traumatic, but of course it is nothing compared to uh, so many Israelis down in the south um, just massacred with uh, barbarism that uh, we have not seen. Yeah, on, on a personal level, you experienced a, a touch of it. I want to ask you, as a, as a congressman who obviously covers and, and follows these issues, I mean, it, it, unfathomable is the word that keeps coming to my mind. I mean, Israel is known for having one of the most vaunted and fearsome military and intelligence apparatuses in the world. And somehow not only is it an intelligence failure, but then once these fighters pour over the borders, they were the military bases were overrun. And are you shocked by this? It is definitely surprising. Um, I was there with a congressional delegation in August and we got, you know, uh, briefings about how prepared, how the intelligence works, how Iron Dome works. Uh, I did not expect to be uh, experiencing how Iron Dome works, which you could hear the missiles intercepting the rockets above. Um, but this is, a, I think, what is most important right now, uh, both in the Congress and around this country, is that we have to stand with Israel against this barbaric terrorism. That is what it was. It is as bad or worse than ISIS, Al-Qaeda, uh, what they did to those concert goers in just indiscriminately massacring people on a field, um, taking Holocaust survivors in wheelchairs as uh, kidnapping, killing children. It is unconscionable and inhuman. And we as Americans who oppose terrorism of all sorts must stand with our ally Israel uh, in order to uh, support them and so that they can protect their borders and uh, make their country secure. What do you think the response should be, especially vis-a-vis -vis Iran? Well, I think a lot remains to be seen as to what Iran's uh, actual role was. Um, and I know that there will be a lot intense study of exactly what role Iran has played right now. Um, we in Congress must 
rally together. And, and you mentioned at the beginning of this that uh, we don't have a Speaker of the House. Uh, we cannot actually do business. So do you think that I will thwart what Congress is able to do in terms of supporting Israel? Ultimately, no, because I, I hope not, because the administration has the authorities it needs right now to provide the support. Um, but we have to replenish Iron Dome. We have to be able to expand them. If, as Jeremy said, rockets start coming from Hezbollah in the north and more Hamas in the south, and even if this were to expand into the West Bank, Iron Dome can be overwhelmed. And that is a, a huge priority. I, I witnessed it up close, how essential and effective it is. It is the greatest defense system that we know in order to literally with radar heat-seeking um, missiles essentially intercept rockets that would otherwise be going at Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, wherever. So um, that is really what our focus has to be. And I hope the Republicans will get their act in order so that we can move forward and provide the support that Israel needs. All right. New York Congressman Dan Goldman, again, glad to know that you and your family are safe. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. As the violence escalates in the Middle East, there are security implications here at home as well. Law enforcement agencies across this country now ramping up patrols in Jewish communities. NBC Stephanie Gosk joins us outside a synagogue with that part of the story. Steph, good morning to you. Hey, Craig, good morning. While the war in the Middle East remains thousands of miles away, cities, uh, police in cities nationwide are increasing their security at synagogues like this one and other religious institutions as officials now warn of possible lone wolf attacks here in the U.S. As violence flares in Israel and Gaza... This morning, the U.S. is on high alert. Police from coast to coast increasing patrols at local synagogues and other places of worship. We will be out there in force. Though officials in New York say there are no current credible threats, they're directing the NYPD to deploy additional resources to Jewish communities. Other cities like Washington, D.C., Miami Beach, and Los Angeles all taking similar precautions. There are extra cars out there keeping an eye out for anomalies. While in Salt Lake City Sunday, police ramped up security following unspecified threats targeting Jewish institutions. Amid heightened security concerns, thousands of demonstrators gathered at pro-Palestinian and pro-Israel rallies nationwide. It comes as so many are worried about their loved ones, with thousands of Americans in Israel, and there are few options to fly to the U.S. So far, United, American, and Delta Airlines have all announced they're temporarily suspending flights to and from Tel Aviv. Those who have made it back are traumatized. Just to see our people getting murdered is just... And over the weekend, many in the Jewish community rallying around each other as they pray for their family and loved ones back home. Now's not the time to be afraid. Now's the time to be strong. All of this is happening as anti-Semitic incidents in this country are at historic highs. Last year, there were nearly 3,700 incidents in this country. Craig? Stephanie Gosk, of outside of synagogue in New York City. Steph, thank you. In our next half hour, we'll have much more on the families caught in the middle of this war. The message they want the world to hear, including a father whose wife and little girls are missing right now. Heartbreaking. 
Uh, we'll get to that in just a few moments right now, though. Let's get a first check of the weather. Dylan is in for Al this morning. Hey, D. Good morning, guys. We do have a chill in the air, especially across the uh, upper Midwest, where we do have frost advisories and freeze warnings in effect, including uh, Wisconsin back into Minnesota. Temperatures close to that freezing point. Duluth, 34 degrees. Detroit's at 40. Buffalo's at 46. So it certainly is chilly. And this afternoon, high temperatures will be running about 5 to 15 degrees below average. Marquette, 42 degrees for a high temperature. Chicago only in the upper 50s. Detroit and Buffalo only in the mid-50s for high temperatures this afternoon. And that's your latest forecast. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Coming up, they can be convenient, but they can also be pretty frustrating. There's self-checkouts in many of your favorite stores. This morning, some major retailers are rethinking how they are used inside the big changes that could be in the works. Plus, Simone Biles heading home from the World Gymnastics Championships with more gold medals and more records. What she is saying about her impressive return to the international stage and what it could mean for the Paris Olympics. But first, this is Today on NBC. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console consoling. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go. You are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet. Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film The Aviators. Now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. The look on our plaza on this Monday morning. It is the 9th of October. So many happy faces out there. A lot of folks are off for the holiday, including Miss Hoda. So Chanel's in here doing double duty this morning. It's a good crowd for a Monday. I'll get outside in just a moment. But we are, of course, going to start this half hour with more on that top story. The all-out war that has erupted in the Middle East after that shocking invasion of Israel by Hamas fighters. Some 130 Israelis have been taken hostage. Families now desperate to find them and bring them home. NBC's Kelly Kobea is in Tel Aviv with that part of the story. Kelly, good morning. Good morning to you guys. Yes, such a heartbreaking story. And Israel actually isn't quite sure just how many people have been taken hostage. The uh, Israeli embassy in the U.S. puts the number in the dozens, including children. And this morning, desperate families are pleading for any information about their loved ones. This morning, horror stories from a music festival in the Israeli desert, where at least 260 people were killed Saturday by Hamas fighters in a surprise attack. Drone video showing the devastating scene afterward, captured on dashcam video, festival goers reeling. And now we're hearing of others at the concert disappearing. Near the border, this video appearing to show militants attacking an Israeli tank. 
and entire families snatched from their homes at gunpoint. This video appears to show Shiri Bibas and her two young sons being taken away. They're missing, along with her husband and her parents. We don't have any proof of their state, if they were fed, if the baby got food, if my aunt is okay, if my cousin and her husband are alive. 23-year-old Romy Gorin hasn't been heard from since Saturday morning. She was talking to me and saying, Mommy, help us, we don't know what to do. Jessica Elter, desperate to find her boyfriend, Ben Shimoni, who she says helped rescue people before he too vanished. We were talking, he said, everything's okay, I'm going out. Suddenly, I heard screaming. Yoni Asher says his entire family, his wife and two young girls, were abducted while visiting relatives, his wife calling him for help. The last thing she said to me was that uh, there are uh, terrorists in the house. This video appears to show Yoni's wife, daughters, along with his mother-in-law being loaded into a truck. All he could do was track his wife's phone all the way to Gaza. Israel's ambassador to the UK says more than 100 people are believed to have been taken hostage. An Israeli minister claiming an unknown number of Americans may be among the captives. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said the U.S. is still trying to verify how many Americans may be among those hostages. Savannah. Kelly Kobe, thank you. And joining us now from Israel is Yoni Asher. His wife, his two little daughters and mother-in-law have been taken by Hamas. Mr. Asher, good morning to you. I am so, so sorry for what you are suffering right now. Have you had any updates at all, any new information whatsoever about your family? Thank you. Hello. Um, since Saturday, I don't have any new information. Um, since I saw the video, which uh, I recognized my uh, my wife and two daughters, two baby girls, my wife, Doron, my older daughter, Raz, and my baby girl, uh, Aviv, less than uh, five and three years old. Um, Earlier, there was a phone conversation with me and my wife. She told me that, uh, like you saw before, uh, earlier, that I, she told me that there are terrorists inside the house. But when I saw the video later, after I tracked her phone, uh, there was no doubt uh, in my mind that she was taken, there were taken with my daughters uh, into Gaza by Hamas. You tracked her phone to Gaza? Before I saw the video, I tracked her phone using her um, Gmail account that was on my uh, laptop, tracking her mobile phone, and it appeared in the Khan Yunis, which is in Gaza. Yoni, I cannot even fathom how you must have felt being on the other end of that phone. And she was telling you there were terrorists in her house. Where, where, where was she? How did this unfold? How did she sound? Yeah, how did it how did it unfold? How did um, how did it happen? Where was she? Was she at your home? Was she visiting relatives? How did this happen? Well, uh, she was visiting my mother-in-law, her mother, uh, in uh, near Oz, which is a little village next to Gaza. We don't live there, but uh, she went visited her her mother, and uh, I myself stayed at home 
earlier the, the week, she went on Thursday and I stayed to work. She decided to stay there for uh, one more night, uh, uh, which was between uh, Friday and Saturday. So uh, they caught up to the invasion in uh, Saturday morning. I know you want the world to see these images. You want the world to know your wife and your daughter's names. If, if you could speak to those who are holding them, what would you say? What would your message be? Well, my wife, Doron, uh, my daughter, Raz, less than five years old, and my little baby girl, Aviv, uh, less than three years old, uh, they're just uh, little babies. They're not even girls, you know, it's, uh, it's babies. And uh, I'm approaching to everyone who is willing to hear. It doesn't matter if, if it's the person who are holding them or the national community or anyone else. Um, the message is, these are babies. Babies, women, families are off limits. Uh, you you can't just take them, hold them in captivity. I don't know uh, what conditions are they held in. I don't know if they ate enough, if they're cold or hot, if they are hurt, if they are getting treatment right. You know, it's um, it's a situation you just can't you can't you can't do this kind of things and. Um, that's what I want to tell them, that will not hurt them and uh, will show some dignity, decency, some, show some uh, respect. In the few moments we have, Yoni, just how are you doing? How are you holding up? Um, the last um, 48 hours, I didn't eat, didn't sleep um, all the time talking to media, trying to get new information. First day, I never left my phone for one second. Um, always try to get new information somehow. And I'm trying to raise the awareness using the media and show, show the photos of my wife, of my little baby girls, and uh, that people can see that uh, they should be home. They shouldn't be kept as prisoners by uh, by uh, Hamas. Yoni Asher, thank you for your time this morning. We will say their names and show their pictures and pray for their safe return to you. And thank you for your, your being with us and having the courage to speak. Thank you. And we will have much more from Israel coming up in our next half hour. <clears throat> Just unthinkable on so many levels. Yeah, two and four years old. Uh, coming up here on a Monday morning, uh, we'll take a bit of a turn. Some new details this morning on the, the, the really sudden death of celebrity chef Michael Chiarello over the weekend. We will remember his life and his career. But first on the consumer note this morning, Sam Brock is looking into the growing backlash against those self-checkout kiosks that have become very popular. Sam? Yeah, Chanel, a reality check for some retailers where you might see changes with self-checkouts. Coming up next. Hey guys, Willie Geist here, reminding you to check out the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. On this week's episode, I get together with my NBC neighbor, Jimmy Fallon, to talk about his 10 years as host of The Tonight Show, 
reflecting on his long career in comedy, his years at SNL, and yes, landing the biggest job in late night. A little time backstage with Jimmy Fallon. You can get our conversation now for free wherever you download your podcasts. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We are back 743 this morning on In-Depth Today. We are taking a closer look at self-service checkouts. You can see them at many stores. The goal, of course, to make paying for things quicker and easier for shoppers. But now... There are signs that some of the nation's largest retailers might be rethinking how they're used. Yeah, and this is Sam Brock checking out this one for us. Uh, hey there, Sam. I see what you did there, Craig. Good morning, Savannah Chanel as well. Look, this is something that's been around for a long time, the self-checkout technology. And oftentimes, guys, you see these huge lines in the checkout line and you realize, hey, it'd be a lot faster to use the self-checkout. However, Increasingly right now, research is showing they are prime places for theft and technical problems, meaning some retailers are either scaling back right now or putting in new protocols. In stores all over the country, you'll find these self-checkout kiosks, which can offer a quicker exit to the door, but not always. I stood there for almost 10 minutes. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. Can we just all boycott self-checkout? Like, I'm so sick of it. With some shoppers sounding off on the technical hurdles and companies surveying new data. CNBC reports that according to multiple retail advisors, self-checkout machines increase the risk of theft and in some cases are outweighing the investments companies made in them. Changes might be afoot and shoppers aren't shocked. Do you find it more convenient to be able to use self-checkouts? Not necessarily more convenient, no. (laughs) And how come it's not? Uh, I find that there's too much room for human error. I imagine people steal from them. You know, I have to imagine. It's not that difficult. A couple of the companies considering changes include Costco, which has started asking staff to check membership cards in the self-checkout lanes and assist with scanning after noticing more abuse of card sharing. And Walmart reportedly renovating two stores in the Albuquerque, New Mexico area to strip away the self-checkouts and completing efforts at a third store. Neither company immediately responded to our request for comment, but a Walmart spokesperson told the Albuquerque Journal there is no single reason for the decisions, despite some social media criticism. I really despise self-checkout. As a mom who has three kids with her usually and everything's just chaotic as is. A recent survey from Play USA revealed two-thirds of those asked say they would choose a self-service kiosk over a human-run counter. And the bottom line for many is their time. Would you find it annoying if you couldn't use them anymore and you had to wait in the line? I would just find it annoying if the lines were too long. That's what I would find annoying. So you only care about efficiency, basically. I only care about speed. 
And so right now, guys, we're looking at a situation where they don't know specifically how much retailers have lost at the self-checkout per se, but the National Retail Federation does compile statistics on shrink and theft. Shrink is merchandise that is damaged, lost, or stolen, everything that they've purchased but that are not selling. Last year alone, $112 billion just in those funds, and CNBC reporting that right now, a big chunk of that is actually coming from self-checkout theft and employee theft, not necessarily retail crime, which of course is part of the narrative that we've heard so much about. That's interesting. Well, I hope they. I, I hope it's over. I'm, you I, don't like you're against I, it. I am so over. See, I don't mind it out. when you. You know, I live in the city, right? And so there are times where you go into a market and it's so crowded. Yeah. But nobody is over in the self checkout line. So if you just have a few items, ah. you're. I like out. it when it works. When it, it I don't works. like it when you're like, why isn't it? Well, and, someone's yeah. coming over and then to no help one's you. Around. <laughs> That's not the best. I want to deal with people. Dills, what oh. do you think? The problem is when the kids want to get involved and it's like, all right, this is already taking a long time. I want to be, but she got to do two. I only got one. I know this up a little bit. I get it. Yep. All right, we've got quite the storm system. It's an area of low pressure sitting to the north of the Great Lakes. And look at how it's just swirling around this moisture. If it was any colder down through Michigan and into upstate New York, this could be a lake effect snow event. But it is just rain. But it's a lake effect rain type event because those winds are crossing over the water and it is bringing some of that moisture down. So uh, that is why we are seeing some of that rain that's just going to stream in those areas uh, for the next several hours. And we could end up with about one to two inches of rain in some of those spots, especially Uh, between Buffalo and Erie, where we could see uh, about four inches of rain possible. Elsewhere across the country, it's chilly across the Northeast, back through the Upper Plains and back through the Midwest, but it's above average back behind that front, back through the Rockies, temperatures in the 70s and 80s. And that's your latest forecast. Thanks, Steve. Dylan, thank you. Still ahead, the greatness of Simone Biles on full display over the weekend as she cemented her place as the most decorated gymnast ever. What she's saying about the new history she just made. And the Paris Olympics, are they in her future? But first, mm-hmm. these messages. Mm-hmm. Let's see. 